Nostalgic. Nostalgic. Movie review from Nerdy Married Man. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back for another spooktacular episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> we're new nostalgic movie reviews. <laughs> this week, we're looking at uh, Evil Dead Rise. And he's David. <laughs> and I'm Steven. <laughs> That's true. I threw him off, guys. I uh, don't tell him how I'm going to start these episodes, so it always catches him off guard. It's in Broiler. <laughs> but yes, this is Evil Dead Rides David picks for his Spooktacular Month episode. It came out 2023. Uh, it's rated R. It's an hour and 36 minutes long. Short little synopsis for this. A twisted tale of two estranged sisters whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh-possessing flesh demons, thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. Cast and crew. This is both directed and written by Lee Cronin. Um, and then this movie is starring uh, Mira Bay Pease, Richard Crotchley, Anna Marie Thomas, Lily Sullivan, Noah Paul, Alyssa Sutherland, Gabrielle Eccles, uh, Morgan Davies, and Nell Fisher for the main cast. Best performance. For best performances, how do you, uh, who do you think? Yeah, um, for me, best performance, I think, kind of has to go to um, Ellie. Uh, it's uh, Alyssa Sutherland. She's the mom in this. She freaks me out as much as Bill Skarsgård does when he plays Pennywise. Like, she is just so perfectly menacing, and her performance is so outlandishly, like, scary, but, like, just... It's just so good. Like, I just can't say enough about how much, like, her performance just was the most unnerving part of this film. Yeah, she she looks like... I Like, she looks like she had so much fun yes. doing that role. Uh, so I guess, like, for me, I do think Alyssa Sutherland is probably, like, the star role. Like, she does so well. Uh, I also really enjoyed Lily Sullivan's performance. She's Beth, the sister. Mm-hmm. And I think she has a great dynamic and almost opposite to Ellie. Yes. They both do really good and bring really strong performances. But, I mean, I also think the three kids. Oh, yeah. uh, Ellie's children, like, for being child actors, they all do a great job. They really Um, do. I think all the performances in this movie are really well. Especially the older two children. Yeah, definitely. Uh, (laughs) definitely (laughs) (laughs) they're all really good but uh ellie and beth are the two standout strong performance characters yes Uh, i guess ready to move on to favorite moments yeah favorite moments hey uh what about you um i'm just gonna bring this up because i brought this up in invisible man this title card opening is brilliant i love the title card so much i love a good title card in a movie and this one's just it's 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 satisfying as hell that whole (laughs) opening scene is so great yes up to the title card i just add like the screaming like oh brilliant brilliant just just brilliant just heavily heavily brilliant hell yeah what about you 
Okay, so I have a couple. But, yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk about the main one. And my my main favorite moment is only my favorite because of how much I winced and cringed in the theater. Mm. And uh, this movie definitely is gory and brutal. Yes. Probably not as brutal as um, the 2013 remake. Dead. Yeah. Um, but still pretty brutal. But there's this one scene where Beth walks in and sees one of the, the daughter, Bridget, sitting on a counter and you hear glass chewing and she turns around and she's chomping on this like wine glass and you see her swallow the glass and a few Uh, pieces stick through her neck as she's swallowing. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And then in that same scene, she crawls down and Beth falls over. And as Beth is trying to get away, she throws a cheese grater at Bridget. (laughs) And so Bridget picks up the cheese grater and slams it down on Ugh. Beth's calf and pulls and you see like this skin rip and it's like Ugh. um I I love that shit. Yeah. Like, it was so it, it's it's uh, brutal. It's brutal as hell. Um, I also love that. Uh one for me, I really love when right when the mom starts to become a deadite the cinematography of the scene when she enters the house and she's just like stumbling in and you see her just like shadowed and the kids are like mom and then she like goes into the kitchen and she starts just throwing eggs on the stovetop and i i love this scene so much because the cinematography of it of the perspective of the side of the mother's face where you get a very very close up view of this distorted mother's face while all of her family's in the background and they're all like talking to her and mm-hmm. she's doing all these like creepy things and uh i know it comes later in the movie but i also just love the line there where she says i want to get free from all you titty sucking parasites yeah <laughs> it's a lot of the stuff she says kind of throws you off like you know uh, mommy okay and she's like mommy's with the maggots now yeah like, <laughs> it's like ah. it's it's i love it so much because it's very evil dead it's got some of that comedy in it but still horrifying. It just makes it like, Ugh. <laughs> and as far as cinematography goes, one of my, what I only got like three favorite moments. To yeah. Talk about, but my second one dealing with cinematography, um, this movie really makes you think that like, did Sam Raimi film this? Like it's so <laughs> creative and it, it, it both mimics, but reinvents and improves upon like evil dead cinematography, like the mm-hmm. classic, all that stuff. But my second favorite scene is shot through a peephole. Yes. And it's when, you know, Beth is looking through the peephole out at the hallway and Ellie is stuck out there already dead eyed up and she kills all her neighbors in the hallway. Can and we... I think it is so well done. Can we talk about that? Biting out the eyeball, spitting it into the mouth of the other dude and making him choke to death on his brother's eyeball. Like what the hell was that? It's, it's one of those moments. That's like, it's comedically like, did that just happen? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's so great. It's and so then good. like with the little kid neighbor, you don't expect them to kill the kid, but then you see, his arms ripped off and he's thrown against the wall and it's yeah. like what the hell and then you see the it's, shotgun blasting her away <laughs> yeah it's just it, it's a really well shot scene 
and I think just greatly exemplifies like the chaotic nature of this movie. Well, and I love not only the homages to the other Evil Dead movies with a lot of the mm. different things he put in this movie, but even other horror movies like this uh, mm-hmm. Dead by Dawn hallway scene at the end of the movie uh, slash the final showdown. We get little homages to The Shining with the elevator full of blood. Um, we get homages to the thing with the family amalgamation. <laughs> it's so great. Well, and I mean, like you said, homages to Evil Dead, them screaming Dead by yep. Dawn. Uh, that was actually my third favorite scene is the Dead by Dawn slash elevator scene because yep. it's so grotesque and well done. And then I love just when they all start shouting Dead by Dawn as the kids are like tearing into their mother's skin to morph with her. And then uh, Beth and Cassie getting stuck in the elevator and it filling up with blood. Like (laughs) they don't, they don't count the amount of blood by gallons in this movie. It's how many elevators full of blood are in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's it's so great. It's, it's just amazing. There's a lot of just really just amazing moments and this director did a exceptional job because yeah i mean this is the third director to touch this and i love how all the directors have gotten together and said that because there's three necronomicons that each one each series of directors has a different necronomicon so they all can be part of the same universe just oh and yeah i like how it even says that in the movie on one of the four records Mm-hmm. Uh, played in the movie uh the priest says uh i've found one of the three yep. books of the dead yep so it's just it's really cool how they did make that canon you know it's it's awesome yeah i, I love that twist to it i love that each book's different like this one having the teeth <laughs> stuff is just really well oh, done yeah. and that 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 scene too of just opening the book i just like i laugh so hard at this kid i'm like why why would you open something that you Try to open it, it cuts your finger, you get some blood on it, it eats your blood, and then opens up. <laughs> it looks like teeth. I'm not opening that book! <laughs> Don't touch that shit. I think, like, I honestly wonder if some of these kid actors, especially uh, Nell Fisher, who played Cassie, the youngest one, yeah. it's like, do you think she's going to need therapy after this movie? Because well, the mean, stuff that her character went through... Like, <laughs> I have heard that with some horror actors. the The main one that comes to mind is the oldest son, or, or the the son in the movie Hereditary. He actually developed a trauma when filming that film, to the point where he actually needed therapy for a good portion of time after the filming of Hereditary was done because of how much it tormented him to think about all those things and to deal with that's all those fair. things in the movie. And I'm like, that's kind of crazy. Like this, you don't really Makes think me... about that. Yeah, it makes me wonder about the actors in this movie. and But at the same time, you know, after the shot's done, usually the cast and crew are, like, really chill with each other and, mm-hmm. you know, hang out. And so, that, I mean, that probably helps. But it just makes me wonder, like, do yeah. you ever think, like, these some of these kid actors in this movie, <laughs> it, this movie was pretty traumatizing. So. Oh, yeah. I have to say one um, other thing, too, is this movie has some of the most amazing uses of Chekhov's gun I've ever seen. It does that with the scissors in this movie. It does it with Staphne when she's broken. And it does it with the wood chipper opening up. And I loved every one of those scenes. And even the the keys being dropped by the mother in the elevator, preventing the elevator door from closing later. Like, every 
item in this movie that was put down at some point and the camera focused on it came back later in a big way that was brilliant <laughs> yeah I, I definitely agree with you there it's really brilliant um i guess do you have anything else to add to our little summary section um i don't think so what's next and our next week is my next pick which i am drawing a blank on for some reason uh it's a classic oh yes it's george a romero's night of the living dead the og version hell yeah all right so and we are ready for our next section let's sum it up the spoilers let's sum it up david all right so uh this movie has like uh we talked about that great opening scene uh opens up with some people hanging out at a cabin uh a great drone shot actually mm-hmm. kind of opens up this movie very reminiscent of like the the Raimi evil dead yep uh and it zooms in on this girl sitting on a dock and it turns out it's her friend is there playing with a drone it's not even like her friend it's her friend's boyfriend or yes something. yeah uh but they make a mention that her uh friend is sick and so they the girl goes and checks on her friend and you know classic evil dead uh the friend starts being creepy um scalps her and then <laughs> moves outside uh and when they get back outside the boyfriend sees this girl missing the top half of her <laughs> head and he freaks out and the girl that was like all dead-eyed now um grabs the drone cuts her own face with it and falls into the water he jumps in the water and gets decapitated head thrown up on the dock and then we get the awesome title card while <laughs> this deadite girl raises floating out of the lake and the evil dead rise title is rising above the trees in this forest it's it's so brilliant. beautiful it's brilliant <laughs> um and then we cut to a scene that says one day earlier yep uh so they kind of do like a quentin tarantino you know start at the end move to the beginning which um, honestly i've i've griped about a lot in a lot of movies especially in a lot of movies we reviewed on here i think this movie does it well yeah and it's just a great opener yes it really is i did not do it justice uh so we cut to beth uh turns out she is a like a, a guitar engineer um she works a lot with uh music bands and she has a crew where she takes care of the equipment and stuff um so we cut to her and she finding out that she is pregnant and decides to go visit her sister and her kids because mm-hmm. she feels like she needs some help and some advice from her sister. Yeah. Um, so then we get a cut to the hotel and enjoy learning about the family, learning about the neighbors. And then uh, the kids leave, get some pizza and an earthquake happens. Mm hmm. And when this happens, opens up a floor or a hole in the floor underneath this giant uh, apartment complex. And it turns out that this was built on top of a bank. Yep. Um, The son finds the Book of the Dead and a bunch of albums. And then we get the the cheesiest 
Jesus jump scare. Yep. In the movie, a literal statue of Jesus falls forward. It's a true Jesus Christ moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, and then shit happens. The son goes upstairs, messes with the book, cuts himself, bleeds on it, starts playing the records, and when he tries to stop, the records keep playing because you know they're cursed and yep. you know the whole classic chant of summoning you know the the demon mm-hmm. happens and we get our fun movie yes <laughs> so uh you know the uh mom ellie gets infected first becomes a deadite and she basically spends the whole movie various ways tormenting her own family and killing the neighbors in the hallway and slowly basically killing her own children and turning mm-hmm. them into deadites. One of the things I do love about this movie is it gives a exact rule of how to become a deadite in this movie. It is only when they mix their blood with yours. Like, they have to get some of their deadite bodily fluid into you to turn you into a deadite as well. It's like, basically like a zombie movie. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like... Because, like, Beth was attacked a couple different times, but she never turned because she never actually had anything spill onto her. Like, where the other ones had, like, vomited into their mouth or got blood all over them or, like, got stabbed with the same knife that was stabbed into the Deadite sister. Like, it was very interesting. (laughs) Or tattooed with your mother's blood right on your face. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Which, it's funny that you say that they established that rule, but then, like... By the end of the movie, the two survivors, Beth and Cassie, are covered in the blood of the one they just killed. So I don't know how that works. Well, and like that's that's that was interesting to me because like I didn't like because the blood elevator. I felt like like yeah, they were covered in blood, but that wasn't like from the deadites. Like it was such a weird thing. And then like yeah, that's. I, I think I know what you mean, because, like, the blood just pouring over them from the wood chippers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, I understand the blood in the elevator not infecting them, but the blood in the wood chipper. Yeah, I don't know. From the deadite covering them. Like, I don't know. It's um, it's interesting. Uh, but, I mean, I give it a pass because the movie's just fun and creative. And oh, I'm, yeah. I'm a huge fan of all the Evil Dead movies. I love Evil Dead so much. It's a great I didn't get into the Evil Dead series until recently. I started actually with the 2013 uh, reboot or remake or whatever it is. Um, Well, I guess it's like three different franchises now that are connected. But I started with that one, and then I initially uh, I watched the original, and then I watched Evil Dead. Or no, I watched Evil Dead Rise, and then I watched the original. So I watched them in like the weirdest order ever of two, three, one, (laughs) without watching the sequels to the first one. You still haven't seen Evil Dead 2 or Army of Darkness? No, I have not. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Come on. I know. I, I was very late to this one, and this movie looks so incredible that I had to watch them. I'm going to watch them. I've watched the rest <laughs> of them, so I do love this franchise, and I think after watching all three of these, like each one gets better knowing where the franchise goes like i love every one of these films so far that i I feel like i'm gonna love the other ones just as much yeah it's it's really good um so but as far as uh throughout the movie them being tormented by ellie and um yeah each 
uh, the two older kids end up getting infected. And while this is all happening, uh, Beth, and this is one of my, I guess, one of my other favorite moments now that I think of it, because of the sound design alone. Uh, But Beth gets a chance to listen to the last record and she puts on the headphones and it muffles all the sound. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think between the sound design there, her listening to the priest's voice and everything, and um, what one thing, a little fun fact about the voices on the recording is the was it, it uh, Bruce Campbell actually does some of the voices on the recording. Oh, he's really? credited he's credited with the di- uh, dissenting voice on recording. Nice. So, that's pretty funny. If if any of you guys don't know, Bruce Campbell is from the original Evil Dead trilogy and, you know, like, basically lifelong Ash. friends with Sam Raimi. <laughs> yeah, he plays Ash. Um, but after basically everyone is infected, uh, Beth and Cassie go to escape. They get a shotgun and end up losing the shotgun, but uh, get downstairs and then we get I think it's almost necessary at this point in Evil Dead movies, but yes, um, the abomination comes down there, and we get uh, a great chainsaw scene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, chainsaw and, and uh, wood chipper. <laughs> yeah, and a wood chipper. It's it's great, bloody fun, bloody oh, yeah. good time. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, it. Uh, I I love the way this movie ends because Beth and Cassie walk out of there. And Beth makes sure to bring the chainsaw with her for fun, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but it cuts to the next morning at a point where the girl that gets infected in the opening scene of the movie yep. is shown. And so it leads right up to where the beginning the movie started. I just I really like the way it ties it all together. Yeah, and it's really brilliant. And I love the way that they go back to the beginning of this. And I, I really, I think the way that the, the reason this one works so well with showing the beginning first and then going back to it is it has nothing to do with the characters in the movie. Like the 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 two scenes are completely separated. No no characters share any of the same scenes. It's two completely different moments and I think this is why it works so well to show it before and then after and then go back to it. That might be for me I think why the reasoning is, but this movie is yeah. just brilliant in the way it executes so much of the things it's trying to do yeah it's great how there's like two separate storylines in the same movie but you don't really think about it until Mm -hmm. the end of the movie and i do love that i actually i heard an interview um with this director talking about plans for a sequel and there's been a lot of talks with even all three of the directors where they said that it might be fun for them to do a trilogy altogether where they each get to direct one more together and it kind of brings in all the movies together and that would be brilliant but if he said that doesn't work out he has thought of a sequel to this and if he does do it it's going to take place like 10 minutes or a day after this next film is over and beth has not escaped (laughs) Oh man! <laughs> and I'm like, that's brutal. I'm like, I kind of want to see that though. So hopefully, right. put her through more. <laughs> but yes. Um, but yeah, I guess that's all I have for the summary. I know it was a little disjointed, but uh, huh? I guess do you have anything else to add? Ah, uh, don't think so. This movie is just like I said. It's got some just really creative scenes, like um, 
one of the most creative scenes for me. Honestly, it made me and Mario laugh so much because we instantly thought of Lilo and Stitch when we saw this. <laughs> I don't know if you know which one I'm talking about, but the mother in her deadite form when she comes up to Beth when she's listening to the recordings okay. and she takes off the headphones the mother actually puts her fingernail on the vinyl record while it's spinning and opens her mouth like stitched in Lilo and Stitch and starts playing yeah. the record through her open mouth and it's so <laughs> just jarring and it's so funny I like know, I was half expected Elvis to start playing <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I just it's just awesome and yeah I think I'm ready for the next section a little off the top so, uh, I guess, what would you kind of cut for this movie? I'm going to pull a U from uh, our Iron Giant episode and say a good old absolutely nothing. I don't think this thing needs to cut anything. I think this is a perfectly paced movie. I think this movie has just amazing through and through i don't think it stays on anything too long in any way and being just an hour and a half i think it's a perfectly just timed movie like there's nothing i would change i'd I'd probably agree with you for the most part i feel like it is a practically perfect horror movie um if i absolutely had to choose something to cut it's not even anything big but i'd maybe cut that Beth is pregnant because I don't really feel like it adds much to the story except maybe a few scenes. It does add a really creepy scene where, you know, uh, Ellie talks about her having two souls. Yeah. Her. But other than that, like, I kind of feel like it's one of those things that's like the movie can do with or without it. I feel like it's mainly there to get the sister to go visit her sister. I, I mean, I agree with you in some aspects of that, but I do think that Beth, like, learning how to be protective for her family is kind of showing that she's getting those motherly instincts being pregnant and I I think it's trying to say like an important message with that the one thing that I say if we were to cut anything would actually probably be just all the discussions about the kid's dad yeah that's like that one has nothing to do with it and it doesn't get brought up again whereas like I, I really really love that scene where Ellie tackles Beth and she's like smelling her and I'm gonna eat your soul and then starts sniffing further and further down her and like stops at her belly and sniffs her belly two souls and I'm like oh no 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 yeah do uh yeah but I mean other than that I think the movie's like like I said practically perfect I do think there are a couple times in the movie where it does that thing where it just takes them too long to make a decision because they're staring at the horror happening in front of them. Yeah. But I mean, I also give that a pass because of the context and the type of movie it is. It's like, like I get it. Yeah. Um, for sure. And I mean, I do, I do love this movie. It's so great. Um, ready. I guess. Yeah. Move on to the ratings. Yeah. Final thoughts and ratings. Um, so obviously, and I think we're both pretty similar on this, I think this is a must-watch. This is probably a must-buy for me as well. If you're a fan of Evil Dead at all, or just really insanely well-made horror movies, I think pretty much everyone's going to be a fan of this one if you're into any of that at all. I'd agree. I'd, I'd 
rate this movie a solid own it must watch. Uh, I think it's beautiful as far as like the dark humor, the you know cinematography, the sound design. I love how this movie is self-aware of the horror tropes that are within it, but yes. it makes it work. Um, and I think this movie is very effective. It's especially great for fans. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie definitely earned the appreciation and lived up to the hype. Like, yes. I, I just think it's a well-rounded movie. Just great all around. Agreed. 100%. This, this movie just does... Every time we hear about another remake there's or reboot, everyone gets... I think inherently scared at this point because you just don't know what you're going to get anymore. Like there's so many bad remakes and reboots that every time you hear one, especially of one of your favorite franchises, you just get, Oh no, Oh no. What are you going to do? But this one took it in such a brilliant way to modernize it. And I really love the new setting of inside an apartment building instead of just doing the forest. Cause I think that would have been stale. I think yeah, like totally, a cabin in the woods. Yep, I think them totally <laughs> changing the scenery of this is really what cements this and the way they focused on a family instead of just a group of friends. Like the 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 changes that he made to this really made this an effective reboot of the franchise. So that's that. Go yeah. watch it. <laughs> All right, and then like we said last or earlier, join us next week for. George A. Ramiro's Night of the Living Dead. Goodbye. <laughs>